Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So we spent a fair bit of time in the last hour talking about health care. Um, the NDP making an announcement yesterday that they're going to spend about $750 million on health care to hire more staff. Uh, several questions to ask Rachel Notley about that tomorrow. In terms of health care, though, there aren't many things that we all agree on in this country. In fact, there's very few things that we all agree on in this country. But given the recent surges in, call it what you want, social disorder, street crime, violence, problems on the transit system, whatever the case may be, they've been in the news a lot, right? And one thing that comes up every time we talk about that is the issues around addiction and mental health. I think everybody seems to agree No one disputes that we have an issue when it comes to handling mental health in this country. We're not doing nearly enough to address it. So so what's the answer? Is it possible to create or include mental health within our healthcare system? Talking about mental health, should it be the same as physical health, as in universal health care? What would that look like? What would that cost? There's a lot of questions. Uh, let's see if we can get some answers from Brent Corty, who is the Alberta Division Board Chair with the Canadian Mental Health Association. Brent, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here this morning. You're welcome, and good morning, Shay. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, your organization obviously done a lot of work, done some surveys, looked into this, has some data around how Canadians feel about mental health, and the level of support for some sort of mental health care and improvements to it, pretty high, right? Canadians are on board with saying we've got a mental health issue and we need to deal with it. Uh, Absolutely. I think that, you know, most Canadians are impacted by mental health either directly or indirectly through someone they know, a family member, a co-worker, that sort of thing, or themselves uh, directly. So there, there's a high level of awareness. And I think that the, you know, um, I would say, you know, over the, certainly through the pandemic and even prior, prior to and since then, um, you know, the awareness around um, need, needing, need for increased mental health services is certainly, is certainly high at the community level. Yeah, I think you make a really good point because mental health is, it's always been an issue. There's no question about it, but it seems like over the last two or three years specifically, but like you say, even more than that, the last five, 10, even 20, it's become something we know more about, we talk more about, and it seems like it's become a bigger problem at the same time. Absolutely. And I think, and maybe they go a bit hand in hand in that, you know, the awareness is a good thing and that more people are aware of it and more, you know, it's front and center. Uh, but at the same time, there is, so more people are more people are seeking help, and it's more common to be able or more comfortable to be able to have that discussion with your friends or, or your family and that sort of thing. So when we take a look at how we're handling it as a country, um, what, how? I mean, if you had to give it a grade, and I know that's a, a tough spot to put you in, but what kind of a job are we doing in terms of dealing with what most people seem to think is a is a real situation around mental health? Well, I don't know if I'll be able to give it a grade because uh, it can't necessarily it's hard to compare versus yeah, the yeah. other other countries overall. But uh, you know, I think that there's no question we can do better. And I think that you know, even within within our health system, when you compare um, you know the approaches to mental health versus other 
uh, other conditions, you break an arm, um, you, you have a treatment for high blood pressure or diabetes or things like that, there, there's a course of action and, and it's funded right throughout. And I think one of the, and it's not just about funding, but I think having, having access to supports for, for mental health, we see a, a real differentiation, I think, amongst people that are seeking help. Um, and when I say differentiation, I mean, you know, uh, some people that have, for example, that have uh, private insurance through their employer have access to certain services, whether it's consulting, you know, consultants or psychotherapists, that sort of thing. Uh, whereas people that don't have that insurance don't have that access. How much of a barrier is it? Obviously it is, but is there any way of quantifying that? I know your group deals in this. So have they spoken with Canadians and said, hey, if it weren't the cost, if that weren't there, um, would you handle your mental health differently? Is there any way of knowing how many people say, yeah, I, I just can't afford it? Uh, I, no, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And it's, it's possible, Shay, that, that, uh, that, that specific research has been done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I think that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the supports, there, there are a number of supports that are, and I wouldn't just call it supports, but supports help, um, uh, peer influence, that sort of thing that are available in Alberta and across, across Canada. Uh, so there, there is, there, there's additional, um, the, the, really the one thing that I hear quite a bit within Alberta across, uh, you know, across the communities that CMHA is involved in is, you know, the need is far to, uh, far outstripping the supply or the ability to support those needs. Um, if we go to a universal healthcare system around mental health, and, and that's definitely been proposed, that's definitely been talked about, um, even by the federal government with increased funding, not necessarily universal, but certainly broadening access, what, what would it look like? Would it literally be like it is now, where if you have a crisis or if you have an issue, you, you go to the doctor and, and it's covered by the government as wide open as our physical healthcare? Would that be the ideal? I think that would be heading in the right direction in the ideal. I think a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of recommendations that came out of uh, mental, uh, mental health commission, um, years ago, a few years ago was put into a, a document by, you know, CMHA and a number of other partners put it together and basically looked at, you know, being able to find, um, you know, a, a multi-year funding stream for community-based, uh, programs and community-based interventions. So, you know, um, that looks like what that looks like is, Everything from things like psychotherapy to the ability to have peer support, uh, and 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 some of it also involves housing, uh, suicide prevention, you know those those sorts of things as well. Uh, you know, and there there are a lot of uh, I'll, I'll use the word subsets, but it's not subsets, but yeah. demographics within our you know within our our communities. You know, children are affected in a very different way than than seniors are. People in in the rural part of our our province are affected differently than people you know, it, it, within the major centers, that sort of thing. So I think that, you know, if looking at, at different answers at the community level, um, you know, is certainly one of, one of the initiatives that are important. And, you know, I think that there are some initiatives that have been, that have taken place. And I think from a, but from a federal uh, perspective, they've looked at, you know, a Canadian mental health transfer, that sort of thing, you know, as for, and supporting community mental health. And that's still, you know, that still hasn't come to fruition totally. Like you mentioned, it's not a one-size-fits-all, and I think it's pretty tough. It's, it would be a massive undertaking. In terms of some of the barriers that we could face, cost obviously is the big one. I mean, it, it would dramatically increase the cost that we spend around health care, right? I mean, that goes without saying. It would significantly. So, like, you know, we're looking, you know, at a magnitude of, of uh, you know, in the, in the billions of dollars we yeah. look at what we spend on health care just in the province alone, but... You know, there have been a number of, you know, well, like in, 
in uh, in other jurisdictions, Australia, some in Europe, and and also in Canada and the U.S., where they have actually looked at you know dollars that are spent in mental health actually return dollars to the economy. You know, in, in Alberta, we like talking. Uh, you know, in every province like that as well. But you know, the the economic impact, but. Really, for every dollar spent in, in uh, mental health, you return four to ten dollars to the economy. Um, you know that was published in a very reputable journal, in the Lancet. You know things like that. So, um, how that actually you know, getting people more like back to work, back to their normal uh, family activities, daily activities, things like that, um, certainly has a significant impact. What about logistically? I'm on, I guess it would be the, uh, very similar, I, I assume, to physical health care. But, I mean, being the country that we are with a relatively small population in a massive amount of geographical area, um, what kind of barriers does that present? I mean, there, there are some areas where getting access to someone who can offer you mental health care would be a huge challenge, wouldn't it? It is a huge challenge, and I, I look at some of the initiatives that you know that have taken place in Alberta because we're we're very you know you know spread out across uh, the province, and we see this right across the country. And you know through the pandemic, saw the benefits of of connecting in different ways. And um, you know I think one of the you know a couple of the initiatives I can if I can uh, kind of you know wave the flag a little bit for uh, for uh, Canadian Mental Health Association in Alberta, mm-hmm. you know. There's a number of things that, that we do from uh, a rural mental health network and engaged in, you know, most communities across uh, across the, the province. Uh, and this is supported through funding through the province. But the, the, having people in each of those communities that are that are trained, they're volunteers, but they end up being trained on how to interact and how to support um, the people in those communities. Same thing with seniors health uh, and also with youth, like through a, a program we have called Healthy Campus Alberta. So there, there are a number of different ways to engage. It is, a, as you say, like a monumental task to uh, try and reach people in many different ways. But it's really at the community level and at the, you know, at the individual level where that makes a difference versus, you know, just a broader, you know, a broader, here's our mental health strategy. And, you know, how does that mix in with addiction strategy with, uh, you know, you're talking about the social disorder, those, yeah, all those yeah. components of it. And it's more that, that interacting at the community level and engagement that can happen there. Yeah, it, it it is a massive task, but it, it's interesting to know that most Canadians seem to recognize that it's a task we need to tackle for our own benefit, right? I mean, it's it's something that is becoming a crisis situation, and we need to address it somehow, which is encouraging. Yeah, I totally agree, and and I do think you know everything takes you know takes time, and and there's there's steps that are made along the way. I do think that you know in in our province here we've had we've had some good steps in that direction and some things that that are more symbolic that lead to action you know a few years ago we we've had our first ever you know associate minister in mental health and addiction and now we have a minister of mental health and addiction and and the focus that 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 has changed um uh changed as far as funding across the mental health and addiction um uh community uh as you said before you know, there there are more needs. The the, more, the needs still still continue, but I think that 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 narrative is changing. And then, as, yeah. you know, where do the different components kind of fit? You know, in terms of as as I was saying before, community mental health, addiction. There's often uh, you know comor- comorbidity that's involved in that social disorder. How you know those are the things that hit the news. But how does it impact people that you know that live in in Drayton Valley or in Beggarville or in in Three Hills? You know that sort of thing. And how can they be supported? 
Yeah, absolutely. Brent, it's it's an interesting conversation and one that we're going to have a lot more often, I think, going forward. So uh, I do appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you.